Hi, you're listening to the Road to a Billion podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Georgi. Since 2011, I've sold over $700 million worth of products for both clients and my own companies. I've also founded or co-founded eight different businesses that have grossed between seven to nine figures in revenue. Today, I focus a lot of my time on teaching, training, and mentoring the next generation of freelancers and entrepreneurs. And that's why I created The Road to a Billion, a call-in radio show style podcast where I answer people's questions on mindset, business ownership, scaling funnels, copywriting, and more. If you want to submit a question, then check out the show notes to learn how, or visit me at stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe to opt into my email list. And every week, you'll get a link to join the live call-in show. And with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Hey, you're listening to the Road to a Billion podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Georgi, and I'm glad to have you with me here today. The Road to a Billion is a call-in radio show style podcast where you can ask me questions about freelancing, copywriting, entrepreneurship, mindset, scaling funnels, relationships, money, really whatever. Uh, The reason it's called the Road to a Billion is because my different offers that I've run copy for will hit a billion dollars in sales this year. Uh, and my goal is also to make a direct impact in the lives of 10 or a billion plus people in the next 10 years. And that's why that's mental, um, emotional, financial, uh, and what have you. So we'll start taking calls in about five minutes from now. The way that works is that you're going to put your questions into the Q and a section on zoom. And then my friend Ed Ray will go through, review those questions and feed them to myself and also to my very special guest who is Amber Spears, who is here. Uh, if you don't know Amber, she's recognized as an industry thought leader in the affiliate marketing arena and a prolific connector and networker. Uh, Amber is the co-founder of East Fifth Avenue, a world-class affiliate management education company and agency. In the last few years, the agency has generated $68 million in front-end launch sales, generating over 6 million leads and over eight figures a year for her clients. On the education side, East Fifth Avenue has trained over 250 companies and helped them generate over $320 million from her methods. Amber is a highly sought after trainer, coach, and keynote speaker. She has spoken on and keynoted stages like Traffic and Conversion, Affiliate Summit West, War Room, Affiliate Summit Europe. I saw ClickBank Platinum, I think as well, was one that's on there, I noticed. And her clients past and present include ClickBank, Agora, Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. Isabella Wentz, The Truth About Cancer, Energy Blueprint, Venus Factor, The Tapping Solution, Mindable, True Genetics, and many more. Uh, so I say Amber is a badass I really mean it, as you can tell. And Amber, it's awesome for you to thank you for joining me and for being here with us. Oh my God, it's my pleasure. Anything when you ask me to do anything, it's a it's a resounding hell yes for oh. me because you're one of my favorite humans ever, and I love talking to you. So I just I think this is going to be really fun, and I think this this format is so cool. Like thank most you. of the you know most of the shows I'm on, they're like pre recorded, and they let me know later on, you know, when stuff's going to go live, and like this just seems like so much more fun. Yeah. Um, and if, leave it to you to think of something like this. That's, oh. you know, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, it is a lot of fun. I'm, I'm stoked you're here and it's going to be awesome. And um, as always, we were joined by, you know, Ed Ray, my co-host and the fielder of questions and also the fielder of dreams. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> it just, it felt right as it was coming out. Um, Ed Ray, you want to go and give a quick intro? I don't have a cool bio for you, <laughs> you know. Yeah, okay, uh, I'm still working on it. I'm changing my bio every day. But uh, hey, I'm Ed Ray. I'm the uh, Facebook compliance guy. If you want to run on Facebook and scale fast and furiously without fear of getting banned or shut down, I'm the guy. There you go. Awesome. Perfect. Love it. Perfect. Uh, nailed it. Uh, so yeah, we'll start taking questions in just a minute or two. And like I said, feel free to just pop those into the Q&A. Um, 
and we'll kind of go through and, and we'll answer them live and it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, sometimes on this show, I like to do kind of an opening monologue where I'll rant about something and it's really fun to do that uh, given uh, it's like the radio format. But honestly, I don't really have a monologue today and I was thinking I'll just take five minutes to catch up with Amber because I haven't talked to you, Amber, since we had dinner at that Mexican restaurant. It was only a couple of weeks ago, but it feels like it was yeah. longer. So it, was like decades ago. it feels like decades ago. Um, but it was, it was always good. I gotta go back to it. Um, how you? How have you been? I've been good. I um I was in the desert for five days. Nice. Um, yeah, I just got back. Uh, we were um we were out there. I can't tell you who I was with, but I was out there with a bunch of like industry thought leaders and movers and shakers for five days, and we did like our own Birdie Man um, style thing. We dressed up in costumes and just had a ton of fun. So. I'm, like really filled up from that. Cause I feel like, you know, we've all been craving like live events so much. We've all been like craving that kind of human interaction. So my cup still is over. Um, but I can't tell you who's there for multitude of reasons being that there are haters and people that, you know, they think different things and sure. think that we should be wearing masks or not wearing masks. Or like whatever. I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you either way if we wore a mask or not, but um, it was delightful and I enjoyed it so much. That's awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed yeah. it. Um, yeah. Yeah, don't worry about who it is, but I, I, yeah, I know. I, when I put in the one email, I was like, which is true. I'm like, Amber's network is way better than mine. Cause like, no, more badass. I mean, I'm teasing, but it's like, you know, even um, like at the, uh, the most mastermind at ClickBank, like, uh, or at uh, Traffic and Conversion last year. And then like Joe Polish just shows up and talks for a while. And I'm like, oh shit. Like, you know, he's like, oh, you know, like Amber's a good friend. So when she said, hey, stop by. And I'm like, oh my God, Amber's just like, she's so cool. I want to be Amber Spears when I grow up. <laughs> Um, I want to be you when I grow up. It's like we always want we, what we don't have, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, so, no, it's, I definitely have a, a different network, right? Because I, I started out like in the ClickBank like, world. Like I started in direct response in the Agora slash ClickBank world because I came on with, you know, Craig Valentine right when he had bought Early to Rise from Agora and they were still like sorting all that stuff out um, and all of his offers on ClickBank. So that's where I started. And then I started going into a lot of the like health biohacking alternative medicine space and then financial. So I, you know, I've collected really cool friends and experiences from being able to hop in kind of these different industries and being able to see, you know, who's like rising and falling and what's working and like, you know, all the things in every niche has been super cool and like educational for me. Um, so that's why I have this random collection and assortment of people that you might not know <laughs> because I've been popping around these different places. No, that makes perfect sense. And it's, but it's super cool because one thing I love when I've gone to Mimosa Mastermind events and uh, even just uh, when I did that, uh, when I presented for your your tribe, your group, um, it's like you have people who are doing like e-com stuff with influencers, but they are building these eight-figure companies, sometimes nine-figure companies, and they're doing it um, with way, there's direct response involved, but then they're, they're building these like big consumer brands too, and they're doing really awesome stuff. And so I kind of love, um, you know, your universe. And then of course, there's the overlap with like, Agora is a big client of yours and like people from ClickBank and um, the Brad Howards of the road and all that kind of stuff. So um, there's an overlap, but I do love how there's also, we both have these sort of other spears too. It's, it's no, no pun intended of the spears, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it is really cool. I think that's like, that's my favorite part about this entire industry is how much of, of what we do is just super relationship and connection based. Like really like I, I feel so secure in my life in a way I've never felt given like my, you know, super fucked up background. Like I feel like, you know, when I was younger, I had no security and no safety and no real like relationships and no, no community. And now, 
you know, I really feel a, one, a part of a real community, like all the people on this call, all the people in our industry, like I really truly feel like they're real friends of ours. It's not just like lip service. And I know that yeah. if I stumble or if I fall that like these people are going to pick me up, not only because, you know, that has actually happened to me and I've stumbled and I've had people pick me up, but also like, because we do that for each other. And it just feels so amazing to be able to make money with your family and your friends, right? Because that's yeah. really what it feels like. Yeah, 100%. And, I, and you've, you've done such a great job of cultivating that, um, I don't know, just, just that, that ethos and everything. And like I said, even every, like it's funny because you and I, like I've been to other Mimosa events and you know, we've known each other, we've had conversations on the affiliate side and, and obviously you're speaking at the coming, uh, upcoming virtual event for Copy Accelerator, uh, which I'm super okay. pumped for. Um, I might try and get you to tease like a, a takeaway or two, but you know, um, I won't put you on the spot yet. You can kind of think about it. And then if you don't have anything yet, you can just make it up, you know? Well, no, I, I actually, I'm taking it really seriously about creating something super custom for you. And, um, you know, I was kind of teasing it on my email this morning, but, um, we're actually retiring my agency. Oh, wow. We're going to have a, we're going to have a, um, a retirement party and everything. Uh, alone and I, because we're like serious, we're retiring the agency. And um, it th that means that when I teach next week, I'm actually going to be revealing some of like the dirtiest laundry secrets of being an agency owner, as well as being on the other side of, <laughs> of what I've seen over the last, you know, seven years doing affiliate marketing, maybe eight. Um, and, you know, also just, you know, the things that I think owners really need to know that I normally could not say because I'm filtered and censored. Right. Um, and also, you know, the things I want them to know because I have to be filtered and censored coming from, you know, the other side, owning an affiliate management agency, be, being a formal, you know, people still think I'm an affiliate manager. I'm not. I, I haven't logged into an Infusionsoft or pulled links or like done anything in probably, you know, three years. I oversee the accounts, I do all that, you know, and I, I handle the, the large affiliate partners, but right. um, there's a lot going on on both sides that I think we need to get a lot of clarity on, um, both as owners and also as, you know, as affiliate managers and people that are in that role. So that's one of the things that I'm gonna be sharing. I'm kind of nervous about it because it's, you know, it's a, it's a fuck, it's, it's some very, uh, it's a very non, like not politically correct stuff that I really think, you know, is kind of the underbelly of of affiliate marketing i also think that it's you know things that no one wants to talk about they kind of tiptoe around it including things like pay right i can't tell you how many owners text me or call me and they're like hey listen um you know this is how much i'm paying my affiliate manager like is it enough right. you know is it too much like you know is it competitive you know and like i have people coming to me like this is how much i'm paying my affiliate manager or, like this is how much i'm getting paid you know, is it competitive? And my whole answer is like, why are we not talking about this in public? Right. Why are we not talking about the rates and yeah. who should really be paid what and who's worth it and who isn't? And like how, you know, what the expectation is and like, cause you know, training over 250 different businesses, I know what pretty much everyone gets paid either mm. because they tell me or because I'm literally in the back of their business, I'm seeing their commissions. I'm, you know, this is part of it is like, I want to know if you have a talented affiliate manager, how do you keep them? Right? Yeah. Because there's so much turnover in this space. I mean, why is that? It, and it's not just the pay, but a large part of it is the pay. And it's not the cocaine. I mean, it's part I feel of like cocaine's been a lot lately. Yeah, I don't it's know. Like, it's just been a lot. Cocaine's just super hot right now, apparently. Yeah, I don't it's know. just super hot. It's like back in style. You know <laughs> it's totally mean? back. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. So it's back. 
Um, but you know, I think we need to have these conversations openly, which is like, what is a going rate for affiliate managers? What yeah. is the standard? What are they, you know, what are they worth? And if you're an owner, like if you're underpaying them, you should know that because that's one of the reasons why people get poached. If you're overpaying them, you should know that. Yeah. Right. Like, so, and I just think that everyone is afraid of saying this kind of stuff out loud. Yeah. And I've been very fortunate to look on the back. So that's one of the things that I'm actually going to be revealing for the first time publicly, which is what everyone privately comes to me about and says, and by the way, the reason why they come to me is because I'm a vault, right? I'm, ne I'm yeah. never going to share who's getting paid what and you know, whatever, because that's just, it's a bad thing for me. It's a, it's a break of my own word and my own trust, but I do see the ranges, right? I do yeah. see like, wow, this person is like, you know, is really overpaid for the results that they're doing. This person's really underpaid for the results and the amount of work that they're doing. Like, you know, if, if you want security and if you're an owner that's been sitting around wondering like, oh my God, is my person going to get poached? Like, come talk to me and I'm happy to look at what you're paying and what your incentives are and, you know, everything else and give you like some feedback because I think this is the important, you know, part of this is, you know, just it's, it doesn't need to be a secret. And I think the more that we talk about this, the more we get it out in the open, the more we can really decide, you know, and, and have a, a feeling of security that we're, we're doing the right, we're doing right by our team. Right. And we're doing right by our owners. We're doing right by our companies. Um, you know, kind of what the expectations of success are and how to measure it, how to measure, like what to measure when you're working with affiliates. Like, if you're an owner on the call or even an affiliate manager, I can't tell you, I mean, these words are going to resound with you, but it's like, you know, um, so what big affiliate partners are going to be mailing for us this week? It's like, dude, you know, these are like, how many, like, seriously, like if you're an owner on the call or an affiliate manager, like how many times do you hear that? Or how many times do you say that? Right. This is just yeah. like, not, that's not the best way to, to get the answers and the results that you're looking for, but it's the most commonly used phrase. Like how do you motivate affiliate managers? How do you motivate your team? How do you incentivize them? How do you incentivize affiliate partners? You know, yeah. how do you re-engage them? Like just all these things that I, I'm going to be covering in the talk that I'm, I'm already sweating a little bit. I mean, like saying out loud <laughs> that I can say, cause I'm like unmuzzled now. Yeah. So I'm unmuzzled now. So it's going to be wild. Dude, that's awesome. No, I can't, I can't wait. And you're right. And there are so many things like as a, um, yeah, you know, one thing that, that I, a unique thing I have is that as a, a copywriter and, and working with clients and then teaching, coaching, but then actively running different businesses and health supplement companies and things. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I see it all the time because there's so many affiliate managers who are sort of not, ma I mean, 99, I don't know, 95% of affiliate managers don't maximize their relationships. And there's sort of thing where it's like, you know, you hear about, well, affiliates promote this for a month, but then they move to something else because you know, affiliates have um, shiny object syndrome and they, and it's like, yeah, that's true. But it's like, also your job is to like bring them back to like stuff. And I think that there's a lot of um, complacency sometimes with a lot of affiliate managers and in the affiliate space. And so even stuff around that, like as far as like how to, um, yeah, how, how to get the most out of your affiliate manager, or if it's you yourself, who's getting affiliates for your offer or whatever it is, I think there's just a lot of um, important stuff that needs to be shared there. So the fact that you're going to be doing that is pretty exciting. Yeah, I like I said, I'm nervous about it, but you know, I, and I think that this is like this is like the main thing. It's like you know, I I feel so fortunate to be able to see so many different sides of this, right? Like I started as an affiliate manager and I had a ton of success, and that's you know, we built East Fifth, you know, we we've blown it up. I've I've seen that side of it, so I I've done the client work, the interaction with them, you know, like if you're an affiliate manager. I, you shouldn't be writing copy. You shouldn't be dealing with tech issues. You shouldn't be doing all that, but most of them are, right? right? That's just a fact. 
And then the, the owners are, you know, harping on them. Hey, why aren't we getting these results? Well, they're spending 75% of their time doing admin work, you know, and what universe do you think they're going to have these exceptional results and have time to do other things, right? So there's, there's a lot of, of that going on, which I understand from the client perspective. On the other side, coming in and training at different companies, I'm seeing so often that there are the wrong people in the roles, right? Yeah. Like they're just like, you know, Lona's genius, my business partner, co-founder of East Fifth, you know, last year she just took it on herself to go out and, and do the Colby scores of like 50 of, of what we consider to be the top or, you know, just in general affiliate managers in the space just to see, you know, we also had some of the people that we consider to be the worst performers. So if you're hearing this, you, you know, you're in either camp, just kidding. I'm sure you're great. But like, you know, we've seen a very clear pattern on this, like who should really be in the seat driving the affiliate department, right? Like for right. example, a high quick start, that's the type of person that you want in the seat driving the business because they're not going to sit there and obsess over every single detail of your products and you know the cookies is at first cookie you're laughing you know they're just going to go and get on the phone and start making phone calls yeah and that's the type of person that you need in that seat and also you know looking at how you're incentivizing them right like if you're paying somebody 120k a year and they're not incentivized to raise the revenue of the business like you're going to be disappointed right and having clarity conversations like as owners i see most people don't even have quotas for their affiliate managers and just the thought of saying that makes them shy away and it's like well they need to have quotas because people need to know what you know what to go after and they need to know if they're performing well or not right yeah. and then the other part of it is the business owner i see so often a business owner might make like a scorecard or a kpi or a quota and then what they end up doing is they're so busy they just never turn around and like actually review that with their affiliate managers on a regular basis until there's something so wrong numbers are so off that's going to take months or weeks to kind of dig out of that and they just they don't have the time but you know my thing is like if you're a business owner you better make the time for the people who are making you money you know yeah. what i mean like they should be getting some of your time because they're generating revenue for the company and so I just see all these different things and then also being a product owner myself right like we have our keto cookbook partnership with brad howard like you know we've sold what seven hundred thousand copies in the last two like two and a half years no of physical yeah. product yeah so i mean it's because it's brad but like you, you know we i also am an owner so of a product owner so it's like i get to see all this stuff and i just see all these places where we can improve and i think that's the thing about me that i'm actually really glad to be unleashed on is like when i first started training affiliate managers i said shit that was very like uncool to them which is, I don't think we should be sending affiliate managers to events to get fucking wasted on the company credit card. I don't. Right. I think that's embarrassing to me because I'm associated yeah. with them. And I love to get drunk more than anybody else. So first and foremost, anybody that knows me knows I love to party, okay? <laughs> yeah. I love to party. No one loves to party more than can me. It, can okay? attest facts. to this? Freaking facts, okay? <laughs> no one loves to party more than me, okay? But the problem with that is, is when I'm there for work, I'm there to close. I'm right. there to represent the company. I'm there to get business going. And of course, I'm going to be passing out drinks and doing the things on the company credit card. But that's not the main focus. The main focus for me is making sure that we're getting a good ROI. And, you know, when I first started coming in and saying, hey, we need scorecards for the events. Let's take it seriously. Who are you planning on meeting? Why do you want to meet them? You know, what do you want to get out of this? Do you want them to get in your autoresponders, your thank you pages? Do you want them to join your launch? Like get clear, right? Like, you know, just really come in. And I started noticing that 
when I first started doing this, I come into a business and I'd be looking at these things like, why are you not getting ROI from your events? Why are we having down months? Like what is happening? Have you tried this? Have you done this? Have you done the basics? And the answer was always like, no, or every excuse in the book. And so people just didn't, you know, for the first year it was, I was like, am I in the right, am I doing the right thing by trying to call out these things in the industry? And I'd go to one company and help them fix it. And that person would leave and go to another company. And then that other second company would hire me to come in and fix it because they were having good results. And that person would leave because they don't like the KPIs and they don't like the quotas and they don't like the, the cracking down on it, but it's not me being mean. It's let's be proud of the work that we do. Let's have a lot of fun in the work that we do. Let's have clarity in the work that we're doing right on both sides. And let's just get better because when we get better, we reach more people. We're happier. We know like what we're doing. Our incomes are growing. We have harmony on the team and yeah, it's not as fun, but it ends up being much more fun in the long run. So I actually really am excited to be unmuzzled because now it's like, well, you know, now I can really talk about, you know, some of the dark stuff so we can shine a light on it and we can fix it. Yeah. I love it. Um, dude, there's so much good there. And I mean, everybody's seeing the chat. People are just so, um, so pumped about this, which is awesome. But I totally agree. No, I, even for, um, with, with, with my first self-supplement company, uh, and I remember I implemented KPIs after a year and I, I, most people who've heard me talk know the whole thing where it's like, I grossed a million dollars the first year and lost 200,000. And the next year I grossed 23 million and netted a couple million. And like, you know, you know, Blake Hartshorn, who was, um, he transitioned in the second year to kind of our main affiliate person. And then I was very active too, which I think is important for business owners, especially early on is like, they probably do need to go out and be the salesperson and help get affiliate, bring them in. And then they can hand them off to people who manage those relationships. Um, but I remember I gave Blake these KPIs and we started having weekly meetings where everyone in each kind of department of my company had KPIs, but even on the affiliate side and be able to track like, okay, like here's our top affiliates. Like here's how many sales they did. And then look at trends over time, right? Like, oh, well last month, this person did this much. This month is down here. What happened? And like, just like looking at the data and treating it like <gasps> gasp a real business and like with real measurable outcomes um, was just <laughs> like, you know, this massive game changer and a huge reason we were able to, to 23X our, our revenue. Um, so I just really really, you know, agree. It's so funny. People are saying, just keep rolling on this. We are going to get to the questions in a, in, a, in a minute or two. Um, but you know, it's, it's, this stuff is really important. Like, um, and, and, and you know, I think Amber too, one thing I, I talk about is even as a copywriter, it's like, Hey, you know, people ask for advice. Like I'm an upcoming copywriter or whatever. And I'm always like just obsessively focused at being the best. Right. And take it really seriously. And even when I write copy, I think about it like as, as a bro, I use like sports analogies where I think about if like, you know, Tom Brady, who I don't even like the Patriots or Tom Brady. So it's always funny. I use them, but it's like that guy doesn't sort of like half ass it sometimes and he takes some games off. Right. It's like that guy's obsessed with being the best and winning. And then he's like the best, like Michael Jordan wasn't sort of like, yeah, I'm gonna take the season off. Right. It's like (laughs) they came in all the time. And like, you know, when you do that, like the, the, when you do those processes and you focus on that, the outcomes happen. And it's the same thing with affiliate management and building relationships and driving sales and, um, so I just love hearing you say that because you're even that nobody wants to talk about. And, and no. yeah, even gosh, at events, I've had the same thing where it's like we have, we send people to an affiliate event and, um, and even this is not just affiliate managers, but on our call center, we did it. And then you hear that, like, they're like blackout drunk, like getting lost, like can't find their way to the hotel. And it's like, okay, so I just paid for you to go have your, like, get away from your family and get blackout drunk. And like, that's, that's why I'm paying you. Um, so I like that you kind of came with a, uh, you know, crack the whip kind of uh, mindset a bit there. It's good. 
Yeah. And I mean, it's like, you're right. It's stuff that no one wants to do and no one wants to talk about, right? Like no business owner that I know for the, I mean, for the most part that I've met, they really don't want to sit down and, mm. and like make scorecards and hold their team to it. They really don't want to manage their affiliate managers. What they want is to just wave a magic wand to pay an experienced affiliate manager to come into their business with their network of contacts take over their their you know their affiliate program and just grow the revenue without any problems whatsoever right and just like blow it up for them that's what they want and i get that and i understand that and there are a few people in our industry that i can think of you know just top of mind that could do things like that right um you know people always ask me who are my favorite affiliate managers Jamie Mascherano, she's one of the absolute best people I've ever worked with. She, you could pay her, she can come in and do that. Christina McKay, right? You can pay her to come in and do that. These are people that have had track records of success over and over and over again. So, you know, people like that are worth top dollar, right? And then it's just like looking at the rest of people, it's like how many at-bats have they had? You know, not yeah. everybody is a unicorn and like they need structure, they need stability, they need systems, right? Like to really succeed, to, to do what you want them to do. And then also they need constant motivation and support, which I just think that, you know, most people just can't do from the owner side or they're not willing to do it. And I'm always just, like I said, befuddled, like, why are you not spending time with people who are generating money for you? Why will you not slow down and see what's working, what's not working, what needs to be adjusted? And, you know, when you're talking about um, I want to go back to what you said, like as an owner, if you're just starting and you're the owner of an offer, you really should be going around and meeting the top affiliates yourself and building relationships with them, because that's going to be critically important to your success. And then once you hire an affiliate manager, one thing that I really, you know, want to make clear to everyone on the call and in general is sometimes as a business owner, you're still going to have to step in with some of those relationships because there's they're not going to talk to your team some people just aren't and then if you keep hammering on your team like why didn't you talk to this affiliate partner you know that's a buddy of mine who should answer your emails it's like well i need your help because i don't have that relationship with him this person doesn't look at me as a peer he looks at you as a peer yeah. and i need your help and then they start getting salty about it and they're like well why do i pay you then and it's like well <laughs> you pay me to handle the 99 other percent of the people right and like yeah. motivate them i need your help and really i think that's a, a big thing that i see a lot in the industry is like you know how do you how do you kind of manage and navigate all of this and, and at how much leeway do you give and how do you how do you get these people you know on each side of the aisle the affiliates the affiliate managers to to collaborate and play together in, in a good cohesive way. So you can keep your affiliate revenue going like this instead of being like a freaking roller coaster where you're having like whiplash all the time and you don't know what's going on. Part of that is no KPIs, no support, no continued education, right? Like you just, you have to keep watering it and that's how it grows and grows consistently. Yeah, I love that one. I, and I think, yeah, it's funny. I was just thinking as you're talking about, um, these are just gonna be like random examples, but it's like, you know, Bob Iger, who is the CEO of Disney, and he has a, a pretty good book. I like his book. Um, but like, you know, he'll talk about when they're opening up their first Disney park in Shanghai. And he's like, they're like meeting with different like people from uh, the Chinese government or their strategic business partners. Or like if Warren Buffett's trying to do a deal, he goes and meets with people, right? There's certain people that like the, even right. these billionaires are going and trying to wine and dine or court or develop relationships. And it's like, if they're doing that, like Jeff Bezos is like the richest man in history and he'll go meet with important vendors, right? If he's good enough to do that, like why are you? 
But for you, it's like your affiliate manager you hired two months ago, like they should handle everything and you should just be able to like, you know, be on the beach. Um, and again, they'll be able to handle a lot of it, but I, but I, but it's true. And I, I'm totally guilty of that as well. I've, I've, I've made that mistake of I'm going to throw money at it. I'm going to hire a bunch <laughs> of affiliate managers and like, Hey, go, you know, bring in your book and go uh, just drive sales. And then you're like, why aren't you like, you know, why aren't you doing it? And it's like, they are driving sales, but there's certain ones where your personal relationship is important. So, um, yeah, I just, I think that's great advice too, Amber. Killing yeah. It. And I would say, thanks. <laughs> and yeah. I would say, you know, this is, this comes up a lot, but when you're thinking about hiring an affiliate manager, right. And you're thinking about bringing them on board, I would do a few different things for due diligence. One, definitely check their track record, right? Like, it's just like so many of these gurus that we hear about, right? It's like they had one multi-million dollar launch and now they're teaching everybody how to do a million dollar launch. And it's like, yeah. dude, like, come on. Like, I get it. You have something to teach, but are you, should you be charging the same rates as someone who's done 40 multi-million dollar launches? Probably yeah. not, right? Like do your due diligence and look at it and make sure you have consistent wins over time. That's a big one. So really look yeah. at their track record talk to the companies that they came from this is a small industry really figure out what their you know their strengths and weaknesses and then coming in and just having that conversation hey you have a book of business right i do it's my phone right so like what is my book of business right that's why they hire me it's like it's not just the gift of gab right it's like the connections and stuff that i have but I have a real conversation okay let's talk about all the people that you have close relationships with can you call are you so close that you can call them and get them re-engaged into the company. Are you so close that you can, with confidence, say, yes, I can bring this person in here? Yeah. Or are you gonna need my help, right? Or is this somebody that you just talked to through your owner, you were only CC'd on the emails? You really don't have a relationship with these people, right? Really kind of figure out what this book of business does and then sit down and have a conversation with them. Like, hey, if I'm paying you, you know, four or five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 a month, plus a percentage, like, how much of an increase of my current numbers are, do you predict that you can do, right? And let's have a real candid conversation about my offers. Because another thing I see people doing is like, they're like, yeah, I hired the super, super experienced affiliate manager. Oh my God, crushing it. She, he or she has been around for 10 plus years. They're amazing. And I look at them like, okay, well, you're in the health space and this person came from PD. Right. Yeah. So like, what are you, you know what I mean? Like, I get they have a big book of business, but a big book of business in another niche. So like they have the skill sets, but they don't have the contacts, mm. right? You know, and just like really looking at like where they're coming from and like what your expectation is. Because I, if I were hiring, you know, and I was hiring someone with experience, I would want to hire someone with an experienced track record in my niche, right? with a bunch of contacts in my niche that they or they have close relationships with. I may or may not know, but I know that my contacts are in good hands with them or they bring new contacts with them that are going to be valuable, not just a, a, a bunch, but like some really good quality contacts that can drive a lot of business. And if not, then I would say, you know, hire on attitude, do the Colby score, build them from the ground up. You are going to have to give them your relationships and watch it closely and tend to them, but you're going to pay a lot less money right and it's going to be a very different experience you have them in-house and this is just you know just kind of like looking at these different things like really understand when you're bringing someone on what you're actually doing and also looking to see if they're a culture fit right yeah. like are they a lone wolf you know are they someone that bounces around company to company i call them mercenaries we all know who these people are right i'm not i don't need to say any names we see what affiliate managers bounce from company to company to company. They're mercenaries. Yeah. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, I used to be a mercenary. So I'm not, 
I'm not, you know, throwing stones at glass house. Before I started our, our company, that's what I did. I was a mercenary. I, you'd pay me a lot of money to come in. I'd bring a big book of business. I'd bring in a bunch of traffic. I'd bring in a bunch of relationships. And then I'd leave, right? Yeah. And I, I dramatically impacted their bottom line and I helped them a lot. But like, if anybody thought that I was going to be there for the long run, they were wrong. Right. And if I made them think that that was wrong of me, right? Because like, that wasn't my interest was to stay and to build this company, you know, with them and to be an in-house employee. I'm not a very good employee. I'm actually a terrible one. So you really? really don't want me in there. Right. But like understanding who you're working with, are you working with an evangelist, someone who loves your company, loves what you're doing. They'll do anything for you. They're just so proud and so excited to be a part of your company you're going to treat them differently than a mercenary. Right. And then you have like all these amazing, I call them team players, everybody else in between that are like hardworking, heart centered, you know, really wanting to do well in the space, which I think by and large, that's 95, 99% of people in our industry that are affiliate managers, they really want to do better. They really want to succeed in their role, but they're bouncing around a lot of times because Maybe they're underpaid and they're overworked. Maybe they, you know, they're, they don't have structure. Maybe they can never get a hold of their owner. You know, maybe they just feel totally isolated and alone. They don't know if they're actually hitting goals or not. Right. Like that's where I see a lot of the turnover happening. Yeah. No, I, I love this. I have, gosh, we could have such a long conversation about this and I love it. Um, this is fire. So, okay. That being <laughs> said, I do want to try to answer uh, some questions and, and get to those and, you know, um, Man, we gotta just get together and record more stuff. By the way, I, I don't know. Jason Gutasi was like, he replied to my email about you last night, and was like, "Is Amber still in San Diego? I haven't seen her in a year." So I emailed your Gmail, your personal one, but oh, now perfect. he wants to get, uh, he wants us all to get dinner. So just so I you know. love that. Yeah, I love Gutasi. Yeah, no, yeah, hundred percent. Count me in. Okay, you see shots again. Yeah, yeah, I know. Me too. Yeah, there's some tequila going, but um, <laughs> nobody parties parties harder than me. Amber Spears. That'll be the takeaway. Challenge accepted though. Right. In Georgia, you know? yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's, let's go. go. We can do this. Um, <laughs> hey, Ed. So that being said, I know we've got, it looks like about 18 things in the Q&A. And um, cool. let's go ahead and, and answer some questions and, uh, and do that. For sure. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so I see a good question here from Christy Johnson. I asked her to put it in the Q&A chat, but I don't think she saw it. But I'll still answer because it's a good question. Amber, what would you recommend for copywriters working with people brand new to the affiliate world? Nice. And we're going to let, oh my God. we'll let, what we usually do is we'll um, give that the person who asked the question, we'll let them kind of come on and we'll unmute them and let them uh, kind of give context. So I don't know if you knew that Christy, if not surprise, but what's up Christy? Surprise. Not turning on my video. That's, that's okay. <laughs> All good. Let's go. How you doing? Great. How are you? Good. I'm always, you know, you know, you're my favorite people. I'm always so happy to, to see you and interact with you. Oh, uh, y'all are my favorite people too. Oh, love you, Christy. Oh. She's such a gem she is a Thank gem so all right yeah so for offer owners who are new to affiliate marketing um those are the only people i'm working with right now and i'm really clear that this is what i'm called to do and i'm loving it and i'm just curious to know what kind of recommendations would you give to a copywriter working with someone new like them so far it's going very smoothly but just in case there are we haven't launched yet we launched next week so okay. okay i love this question <laughs> um i love this question because i'm so glad that it's going smoothly for you right now because my prediction is that it will not <gasps> and here and here's and here's what i'm just gonna say to anyone on the call because this is a sales related thing is 
laying the expectation clearly in the front. Here's the thing. People who are new to affiliate marketing, they don't understand the value that you bring in. They don't. They have no idea, right? They have all these expectations in their mind. They think that you're, you know, a wizard that can do all these things for them. And they don't really understand a lot of times what they're actually dealing with, right? So what I would say first and foremost is sit down and really map out and take, which is a little bit too late right now, but I would do it before the clicks go out and the testing goes out for your, your, you know, your affiliate funnel. I would just say, sit down and really have a conversation. Like, you know, what is your expectation for this? You know, from me, you know, like, and, and here's, I'll give you a really great example. We brought on a client uh, two years ago who is amazing. She's like one of my favorite people. Right. And we, we signed her, we signed her up and we're going through the discovery call with her and we're like, okay, how many, you know, how many opt-ins do you want to do per, do you want us to do per month for you? And she's like 40,000 a month. And we're like, okay, cool. You know, we've, we've done that many, many times, like no big deal, but how many are you doing right now? <laughs> like, well, my list is 40,000 names right now. I'm like, okay, so it's taken you three years to get to 40,000 names. And you want me to bring you 40,000 names a month without, without running it ourselves and knowing how it really performs without knowing if your tech stack can actually support that much traffic. Well, you know, all these things, no, without knowing the conversion rate, without knowing if you pay affiliates on time, without knowing all. So the answer is no, that's completely out of the realm of reality. And I think we should start at a norm, like, you know, let's try 4,000 opt-ins a month. Right. But like, you would not have known this had you not done a real deep discovery, you know, in the beginning, what are your expectations of me? Right. Or if they had come to you and say, Christy, you know, out the gate, I expected 15% conversion rate. And you're like, dude, this is like a brand new, like, you know what I mean? Like, this is what are you saying? And they're like, well, I get 15% conversion rate from my own list. It's like, yeah, from your own, like, you know what I mean? Like you really have to, to dig into the expectations up front and you need to get it in writing because people will forget, right? and get it really clear. Is it 15, are they paying you 15% of net? Or are they paying you 15% of gross? It's a huge freaking difference and how you're billing and what your motivation is and like all these different things, right? Like just really getting clear is so, 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 so important. Do all the hard stuff in the front. See, here's my, my um, what's happened to me in my life could be my reality, but everyone wants to talk about all the good stuff. Dude, we do this launch together. We're going to blow it up. You know, I'm going to hire you. You're going to be my number one copywriter for the rest of my life. Like, I can't wait. They, we always talking about this stuff, but what we don't talk about is, Hey, what happens if this goes poorly? What happens if I completely miss your expectations? How many rewrites am I willing to do? And by what time? Right. And you know, what are all, what are all these things that like, you know, you expect of me, if you, you know, if you go MIA for three months and then you come back, you know, three months later and out of the blue want an entirely new rewrite. Like, how do we manage that? You know, if you can't afford to pay me, if, if you're paying me too much on the back end, right. what do we do about that? How do we make each other whole? These are just like, these are just things that I just don't see anybody doing really, really well for the most part until they get hurt. And then they're trying to figure out how to fix it. Right. And it's, it's this, it's the expectation setting at the very beginning. So if you're a copywriter working with the client, talk about the good stuff and the bad stuff. Right. Because both of those matter and really have a have deadlines, have expectations. You know, copywriters are notorious for not making deadlines. Oh, yeah. We know this for everyone on this phone call. Why well, know it? Because it, because I, well, have, because I have a deadline for tomorrow that I'm like, eh, right. Like, Saturday. Right. Like, 
right? Right. But like, you know, and having that conversation, right? It's like, hey, you know, what do we do around deadlines? Yeah. You know, there could be things like we have an actual deadline, which is like the deadline. This is like the dead day deadline, which is, you know, September 5th. And then we have like the loose deadline, which is I would like to see it by September 1st. Right. And, but I need it by the fifth because if it's not in by the fifth, I can't do my launch. Right. So just getting really clear around all these things and how to communicate, you know, what's the best way to communicate with you? You know, is it through Skype? Is it through Slack? Is it through text? Is it through phone? Like, you know, how often do you want to talk to me? Do you, how often do you want, you know, me to check in with you? Like, you know, all these things, get this all out of the way up front you are going to really, really have a much smoother time down the road. And you're also going to know, you know, I, I like to do a thing, and this is from Alona, where it's like, what are you going to be thrilled with? What are you going to be happy with? And what are you going to be disappointed with? Mm. And let's get really, really clear on each one of these things so that I know what to really strive for. I know it's going to make you happy. If I do this, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna refer me to all your friends. And if we're here, you're going to be disappointed. We need to figure out a way to make each other whole, right? And just get really, really, really clear on that. So thankfully, I did set expectations with her. She's had um, a few failed launches. Um, she's tried to have traffic driven to it. She's in Traffic Tribe. Um, nice. Our challenges, we didn't know. Like, uh, oop, I'm not trying to put you on Front Street right here, but I just realized something. So Stefan, and, Stefan has the ability to submit copy for feedback. I don't think we do. So we're, we're both a little terrified because nobody's looked over our stuff, you know, so we don't know. You're like, Oh God, what do we do? So we set expectations. Um, it'd be great to have eyes on the copy prior to launch. Um, I don't know how that might work in traffic tribe, but, um, yeah, expectations have definitely been set really, really hard. I'm setting them almost every day, <laughs> even though I set them from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Smart. That's it's smart. It's really important for everyone. And I like that you keep checking in on those expectations and having that conversation. Like what I see a lot of people doing is they set the expectations up front and they never revisit them. Right. And they never go back to see like, are we on track for these things? And if we are, or we are not, if we are, we need to make sure we congratulate ourselves. Right. Right. Cause we just don't do that. Most of us celebrate until the end. It's like the, the grind is, it should be celebrated too if you're moving forward on it. And if you're not having that conversation, hey, you know what? I thought I could do it by September 5th. You know, my house burned down. I don't, I don't even have a laptop right now. So I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna need to readjust it this time, right? right? And just like, I, you know, just really like continue. And that's the same thing with affiliate managers. Like if you set their quotas at the beginning of the month, you should be checking in on them weekly. Hey, are we gonna hit this quota? Why are we not? Do you need my help? You know, who's balking, who's stop, you know, who's stopping, who's the bottleneck here? Like, let's figure out what's going on and just keep, you know, keep doing that. But I, I would say great, Christy, if you have not had any issues, um, but you or, know, expectations, I mean, are, expectations are a bitch, you know, yeah. and like everyone has a different vision. You know, if I tell you right now, you know, think about a box, every single one of us are going to think someone's going to think of a cardboard box, someone's going to think of a plastic box, someone's going to think of like, you know, just like different, like it, we all think things differently. And so that's why it's important to just get it out and get really good, get, get specifics from your client. Not, I want to make a million dollars this year. It's like, okay, well, okay, well, let's break it down. What really is that per month? And probably right. month one, it's not going to do as good, right? So, let, you know, just like really, really getting clarity. Okay, if we don't hit a million dollars, what would you be happy with? 
well, I'd actually be happy with 200K. Wow, that's a stretch. So maybe we should put the stretches at 300,000. You're happy at 200,000. We're disappointed at 100,000. Yeah. Right? Just really like that's, that's the range. That's Thank awesome. You. Of course. Sorry, Chrissy, I, mean to to talk, I didn't mean to talk about you, but Chrissy, thanks for that question. That was an awesome one and always such a pleasure to have you. Um, yeah, Amber, I, I love that. Two things that came to mind too was you were just dropping crazy amounts of wisdom. And if, if you look at the chat, all people were just like, one person was like, I think Pedro was like, where, where do I, where do I uh, pay the invoice for the value that I'm dropping on this call? Uh, or that you're dropping I'll send you my call. PayPal. Yeah, yeah, I'll shoot it over. PayPal. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, pay Amber at, uh, um, but yeah, the, the, so I love that goal thing. Like, um, you know, Justin and I hired uh, Jen Kem and uh, her team to help us with our events, and she's been awesome. I, I always sing Jen Kem's praises. And um, they did the same thing with our event for Copy Accelerator back in February, and then now they're helping with this virtual event. And it's like even goals for, okay, we're selling tickets. So, all right, what's like the minimum amount of tickets that like, we're going to sell? What's like the, you know, we're happy one, and what's our stretch goal? And then Obviously, people come to our mastermind, we're hoping that they'll enroll into our mastermind. So same thing there. And it's actually just so helpful. So for example, for the virtual event, the goal was like, all right, well, if we, you know, sold 80 tickets, we'd be like, you know, th that's kind of the must, right? Because it's a virtual yeah. event, it's half the price. 100 is like, we're really happy. And if we get to like 120, 130, that's like huge hit out of the park. And I think we're at 104, 105 tickets sold right now, which is awesome. So it's like, nice. but then just knowing, having that measurement of like, okay, perfect. And it gives you more calm, I think, because then you know, like it's there's an alignment for like, cool, this was my expectation. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It's working. And you're not sitting there sort of freaking out about, you know, should I have done better? Should I have done worse? You've already premeditated um, what those outcomes are. And of course, now there's still 24 hours and there's always people who come at the last minute and buy tickets because we stopped selling tickets tomorrow for the event. Um, and so we'll probably get another like, I don't know, five to 10 or even 20 tickets, who knows. But, um, but I just think that's really good advice. So... That was awesome. One other cool thing I wanted to mention, and this is Brian Sparinello, who's a copy accelerator, uh, full mastermind member, shared this is for copywriters. I think you you may find this valuable. Is having a um a kill fee sometimes in your contract from like a mm -hmm. royalty standpoint, things like that, where it's like if you don't launch within X amount of time upon me delivering the final copy to you, then you basically just give me this money because like and, and I don't ask for royalties in the future. But like he almost has that. So this is a, I don't know why that came up, I guess, because of the expectation, how things can take a bit longer. Um, but I actually think that's one of the coolest things is like, hey, like, you know, I'm going to give you copy. I'll meet my deadline. But, you know, you've said that you're going to launch this in the next month or two months or whatever. But even then you have to have that conversation. Okay, well, when do you think realistically you're going to launch this by? And like, oh, you know, what happens if it takes longer? Well, it could take this long. Okay, well, what happens if it goes past even that length of time? You know what I mean? Like, because I'm, I'm doing it at this rate because I have this expectation of royalties, but what happens if that, but having those, it seems like a weird thing to have, like a weird conversation or weird thing to put in, but it's actually super brilliant because then you're like protected. You're like, you've had that conversation. What happens if they get busy or they decide not to launch it or whatever. And so just having planning for the worst as well as the best is just, uh, I love that advice. So just awesome stuff. Ooh, so good. Thanks. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, I think that's like, and, and I'm just going to put myself in an affiliate manager's shoes for a moment. Like think of how nice it would be for your affiliate manager to know what your expectation was for them in terms of results every single month or every single week and really know based on just pure data and your efforts where you are right? Where you are with the company and same thing for an owner, right? To just know. And when you get this clarity with them, where are we in this? And, and, and Chris Guerrero, I, I would love for you to meet him, but Chris has taught me something that I've been using 
like a ton in my business, which is looking at, you know, Lone and I are business partners. So when we first started, we looked at, you know, our company is us, right? It's us. We're besties. You know, we're, we're in this together. It's our company. We're driving together. There's really three of us in this relationship. It's her, it's, it's me and it's the company, right? Like really yeah, we have that. a responsibility to the company. So when we start looking at things, you know, from that perspective, it makes it easier for me to take off my, you know, my friend hat to the team. Cause my team, I love my team. They're like my favorite people. Like you know, a lot, they're my friends too, but there's a time where I need to take off my friend hat and I need to put on my owner hat and I need to look at it from my responsibility to the company which is making sure that these numbers are being hit, making sure that we're tracking the right things, making sure that we're doing the right things. And part of that is that, you know, what are you thrilled with? What are you happy with? You know, what are you, what are you not happy with? You know, where are we at? And, and looking at these things objectively, that's why they're set up so that we can not only know where we're at, but also to have a little bit of space from the emotion of it. And I really think, you know, and I, you'll hear, I do this with my team, like, hey, I'm taking off my friend hat here. And I'm putting on my owner hat here, which means, you know, I'm looking at this from the perspective of the company, which means you're underperforming. Yeah. Right. And I need to know what's going on here. Like, why is it? it I need to dig in. Is it a personal thing? Is it that you're getting bottlenecked by me? You know, feel free to tell me because my responsibility is to the company at the end of the day. And it's not me and Alona, because if it was me and Alona, we would make different decisions. Like looking at it from that, that perspective of the company has been very, very helpful for me and um, it's changed the way that we've run our team. It's changed the way that I look at opportunities. It's changed the way that I handle clients, you know, that won't pay us, for example. Before it's like client comes to us and like, oh my God, I had a terrible launch, you know, like, or like I'm extended this way. And I'd be like, okay, well, if you had a bad launch, you know, we're taking a piece of the launch. So we also did not hit our numbers, right? But I'm going to be, you know, giving you even more of a break. Now it's like, sorry. Yeah. From the perspective of the company, we need to get paid. We already took a loss and, you know, we brought all the thunder. We yeah. brought all the clicks that we said we would do. We recruited all the affiliates that we said we would do and we need to get paid what we were promised. Yeah. And it's the same thing with employees, right? Like, and I just think like for anyone on the call, it's an owner, like putting that hat on, put, looking at things from, you know, as a company, you know, even if you're the sole owner, there's two of you in that relationship. It's you and the company that's a living and breathing entity. And that's the reason why I like those things like KPIs and scorecards and really knowing where you're at every day as an affiliate manager, I know, like, let's say that I'm supposed to be hitting, you know, $100,000 a month in sales and I'm only hitting 30 every month. I should be feeling anxiety for my job. Yeah. Right. And if you're the owner sitting there looking at it and every single month they're failing, that should be an indication for you that you need to put and look at things from the company perspective. It might not even be their fault. It could be your fault, right? It could be that you're not paying affiliates and no one wants to work with you anymore. Yeah. It could be that your offers are actually. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Well, it could and we paid them, but like when you get behind for a minute and then you're like, Oh, and then it's like, but you can't be mad at an affiliate manager. Right. If you're like, um, something happens like that. So yeah. Right. But listen, that, by the way, that happened to us too. So yeah. like two years ago, we were 1.7 million in the red with yeah. the keto company that we have with Brad Howard. And, you know, we still have it. We dug out of it, but it took us a year to yeah. dig out of it. And it was horrible for us to go and not be, you know, because we vastly, what, what, what happens, we vastly overpaid 
a CPA on a, we're doing thousand, 2000 sales a day at yeah. $19 CPA for free plus shipping keto cookbook. We thought we could dig out of it and it took us a year and a half to do it and we were behind. Right. So like it was tough. It was tough for us to have those conversations to keep going back into the room, you know, but no, but we were like, we are going to pay this and we did. And I'm yeah. really proud of us for doing that. But you know, it was it that happened. So also understanding what's happening at a company perspective to prevent affiliate managers from hitting goals because it could be that the affiliate manager is hanging out. You know, we're virtual right now. Yeah. They could just be like fucking off all day. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you don't know. Like you have no idea. Or it could be that you know they're trying, trying, trying their hardest, but they're running into all these obstacles that the companies put in front of them, including things like broken tech or not paying affiliates or you know, uh, the offer is fatigued. You haven't had any new assets in forever, right? There could be just so many different things, but without yeah. looking at the data and measuring it and having these clear expectations and these tough conversations, that's where it starts to get really muddled. Yeah, hundred percent. No, that's so cool. I mean, it's so funny to think about, and I, we'll get to another question in, in like five seconds, but um, yeah, it's like I, with my first health supplement company, we got behind a little bit, not with affiliates as much. Well, one affiliate, because like basically my accounting just didn't pay them and I thought they did. And then I realized I had this big, like a you know six figure bill, and then we basically were like, hey, we'll pay you over X amount of months and cash flowed it, and it was fine. Then I did. I, I don't think he would mind me saying this, but I had adventures of uh, Dane Alexander, and we had a bank seize like you know several million dollars worth of money, and then we got behind, but we paid everyone back. Um, and then with my agency, it happened because a bunch of reasons, and like um, you know, it hasn't really happened with uh, with Cody, fortunately, because I think eventually the experience you get better at it. Um, but that, that that's an important thing to know too, because you see people and they have these businesses and they're doing high numbers and you're like, oh, everything must be great. But even, you know, at a high level, issues are going to happen. That's part of the nature of business. And I mean, looking at with Brad, the story you just shared there, it's like, yeah. And then Resurge has done like 70 million, I think so far since it launched. And so he's got basically like a $70 million so offer in a couple months. I'm so proud of him. Yeah. yeah but like, I mean, he's, I, I, I cannot tell you how grateful I am to be partners with him and have, you know, that mentoring, like, you know, he, he put the bulk of that on his back. Yeah. Like literally when we were 1.7 million in the red, that man put that on his back and he was like, we're going to figure this out. You know, I made the call to do a, a bigger CPA. We're going to figure this out. Literally was paying off people on his own Amex yep. month no, after that. month after month. Yeah. This was before research, you know, like, like this man, I cannot tell you like, his integrity. And that's the reason why, you know, one of the reasons why I love him so much, but also because he also understands it's our word and our reputation on the line yeah. to pay these people. Right. And to get it done, I don't care if it takes me 15 years to, to pay it off, but through his brilliance and him moving things around and Alona, you know, and her like, you know, brilliant mind, they're just like, you focus with the team on booking traffic. Like we'll figure out this stuff with the money. But yeah. like, you know, I still had to, you know, navigate those conversations because who are they going to talk to? Hey, yeah. you owe us money. Yeah, we want to promote you, but you owe us 70 grand. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like, but that's the thing. It's just like showing up with integrity and being willing to have those tough conversations and going to people and be like, yeah, I get it. We, you know, we're, we're trying to pay down that, that bill, but like, how are we going to pay down that bill? We don't get more traffic. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, so it's just, it's such like a balance, but being willing to stick into it and stick with it and just keep, you know, coming back and keep doing like everything that you can to keep your reputation intact is just like so important. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, just having integrity and, and, and I, I think, yeah, people forgive a lot of your sins if you have integrity, if you have, and, and being open communicating, um, but it's also like not giving up. I mean, that's the big thing, right? If Brad gave up when he's 1.7 in the hole, 
And like, you know, then he never has research and this huge success and all that kind of stuff. And like, I, you know, I can relate to that for my own ventures where I've had challenges and I give Dane Alexander that same credit as well, where, you know, we had issues and, um, yeah, man. So, and that's the thing, right? It's like for all like the, the, the dark days, like never last forever. Right. Um, but you have to get through them and you have to go through hell to get to heaven. And like, it's just such an important thing. And the problem for a lot of people is that they get into hell, say this sucks and then sort of just jump out and go back to purgatory, but they never reach heaven. Um, mm. that's using an elaborate metaphor, but like, uh, you know, one that I think makes sense. So that's awesome. Yeah, Ed, let's do another, let's do another question. Dude, like, this is so good. Like, holy shit, oh. Andrew. <laughs> I appreciate that. Me, unmuzzled. <laughs> yeah. I'm usually not that muzzled. You're getting, book, you're getting book titles from the chat, too. I don't know if you've seen a couple of them, but it's like, unmuzzled the Amber Spears story. <laughs> like, I, I love it. I love it. Thanks, guys. You guys are the copywriters here. Yeah. I love it. I'll take it. Oh man. All right, cool. So we got a question here from Conrad. Conrad asks, how do you determine the best way to measure success from your emails? Earnings per subscriber versus percentage of revenue or something else? Yeah. Um, what's up, Conrad? Yeah, we gotta let, let Conrad we gotta let Conrad ask. Yeah. Hey, um, up, I mean Joe? What's up, Conrad? How you doing, man? Good, man. Good. Um uh big kudos to you and Ed for the show and always bringing on these amazing guests. Uh so yeah, um, uh, just, yeah, so I guess a little backstory. So I'm, I've been writing emails for a while, um, for a long time I was writing for more so like coach people selling courses and, um, like coaching and stuff like that. And so, uh, smaller lists, like 10,000 people and stuff like that. And so we, you know, so you do, uh, well, anyway, so now I'm right. I, over the last couple of months, I started moving into writing for e-com people. And uh, so smaller, um, smaller priced items, smaller ticket items, uh, maybe more items, but, um, but much larger lists. Right. And so, uh, so yeah, so I guess just trying to see, uh, yeah, how you guys measure email success. So I guess, like one of my main clients right now, we went from, uh, they just started emailing in June really. And so they were at about 14% of revenue from email. Uh, and we've taken them way up. Like July was 27% and last month was 38%, but we're still at like 50 cents per subscriber. Uh, whereas normally like, again, the stuff that I was doing before it was, you know, like a dollar per subscriber or more, of course, was, um, was like the standard. <laughs> um, and it's just, you know, it's kind of, I don't, I don't even know right now if we'll get to even a dollar per subscriber, um, with, uh, with some of these econ people. But again, the, the percentage of revenue is, is, um, you know, is, is pretty significant. Uh, and I guess I never even knew that number before working with the other people. I didn't know what they were doing outside of email. I just knew what we were doing uh, with email. So sweet. Does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of context. But then Amber, yeah, I know you were you were already ready to go. You had, I, th I think you had some insights there. So I'll let you uh, tackle it if you're if you feel. Confident yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> first of all, I was homeschool. I never learned math, so the only math I know is money math. I'm really good at That's figuring out <laughs> how, to, how to get the yeah, how to get the money, where to get the money from, <laughs> you know, what a good deal is for for JVs, all that stuff. 
Um, so I will say that I'm not the right person to ask because I'm not an email marketing expert. Uh, what I will say to you, um, you know, is it sounds it's great that you're increasing the revenue month after month after month, right? Which is like it's it's going in the right direction. Um, but you know, I think for for our perspective from an affiliate lens, um, what I would say is just rough money math. I'd want to see over you know a dollar per click, which in itself is not the best guesstimate. You still need to know on the other side, like what the open and the click through rate was on email, because that's a huge factor of this, like, did it actually, you know, perform well on, on their side in, in addition to the actual conversion rate on the page or the opt-in, you know, to the lead, like all that stuff is important. I think most people only focus on, you know, EPC or, you know, revenue per user per name, but there's a lot of other metrics that go into that, that I would really be looking at. You know, I'm a little suspicious whenever I see someone being like, oh, it was, you know, we had a $7 earning per click and I'm like, cool, well, your segment must've been tiny. Right. Like, let's just like the 200 people we emailed it to, they went crazy. Crushed. (laughs) Yeah. Crushed. And it's like, I really want to know like what, how big of a list did you send it to? How many clicks did you actually get from it? What was the open and click through rate compared to other, you know, promotions that were being sent, right? Like really understanding that journey. And I think, you know, as affiliate managers and offerers, we always want to showcase our offer in the best light, but you know, I'll tell you one and a half percent, you know, 1% conversion rate with a really good CPA is great. Like that's super freaking good. I'll take that all day long. Like Agora's offers, by the way, you know, I'm back there. I used to think their offers convert like five plus percent, but being back there, they convert usually around a 1%, but they're offering, you know, 150 to $250 CPA on it. So it backs out, right? Like it backs out really, really, really well. And it's something that you can scale and like, you know, and Agora always pays their ba- their bills, baby, which I love about them. They always pay their bills, right? You never have to worry about them when it comes to that. And I just think really kind of looking at every like part of this and getting really critical and challenging yourself when you're looking at these numbers from an affiliate perspective, like, you know, if you see an insane conversion rate, do you trust it? Do you trust the person that's telling it to you? Can you dig a little bit more and see like how big was this actual test before I start bombing away to my entire email list on it? Like you're just really getting clarity. And then when you find those right opportunities, double down on them because there are some offers. I mean, like research, like why would you not be sending that every single week? The offer is crushing it. You know what I mean? Like another one, a good one is Alex Miller. Um, she's pretty new on, on the space. Emily Lark trained her. She has her pelvic floor offer. Like that offer is crushing it, right? So looking at offers that are doing well and and keep mailing it because you're seeing everybody else promote it. That's another good indicator. If Mike Geary and, you know, Joel, Mary and all these guys keep mailing a certain offer on email, you know, it's doing well. So it's a long-winded way of saying that I don't know the exact answer to your question, but that's how I'd be looking at different numbers. <laughs> Does that, does that help some comrade? Yeah, thank you for that answer. Because I, I, I did expect a, a more thorough answer than, <laughs> uh, than I, um, I asked. So no, that's good. Just give me some other things to think about and to take back to the offer owner uh, to you know, talk about these different uh, metrics as well. So. 100%. Awesome, man. And by the way, yeah, before I forget, uh, Connor, D. Braun has uh, some good free um like training videos on her i think it's called strategy overdrive but if you're not in um the direct response email marketers group there there's a, a bunch of she's she's been doing affiliate management for like 20 yeah, years she's great right? she's like she's the great. true godmother yeah she's the god the, the grandmother of it um so it's definitely uh, i put it in the chat yeah put it in the chat yeah um but i think you know that's you know she's really great at, at, at going into those numbers in fact we also have um you know a, Christina McKay is another good one, but you know, I would look at D and I would talk to like people that are great email marketers, you know, like Ryan Saplin, Ed Scow, Mike, you know, 
Tyler Bramett, like, you know, all those people. I mean, you have Natural Health Sherpa in here. D represents Natural Health Sherpa. You have, you know, Jeff Radich, I mean, and Mark Stockman, like those guys. I would be asking them um, questions around shoot email marketing because they're doing it at such volume. Liz Graham is another great one. Jimmy Kim, you know, guys like that. Awesome. Cool. Um, thanks for the question, Conrad. I appreciate it, man. And I did Thank you. put in, uh, I put, yeah, Dee Brown wrote her name in there and then I linked to her, her group as well. So you can check it out. Um, but yeah, let's see more questions. Ed Ray, who we got next? All right. Yo, real quick, Amber, one thing I want to say is like, I love that, you know, everything that you've talked about so far, you're so big on setting expectations. Uh, just that's so awesome to see. So thank you. Yeah, of course. It's because I've been, I've been hurt before. <laughs> I've hurt and I've been hurt. So I think that's like, you know, that's why. <laughs> Got you. All right. Next up. Can we do, she asks, do? how to scale VSL with affiliates? Awesome. How do you scale VSL with affiliates? Kimmy, what's uh, up? Hi, Steph. What's up? How you I'm doing? So um, yeah, so it was a pretty straightforward question. Any more context you want to add to it, Kimmy? No, that's it. <laughs> okay. And Amber, if you don't know, Kimmy do one of my favorites. She's uh, 16, crushing it, has all nice. kinds of clients. Hell Just, yeah. Um, it's like if I, you know, I joke about wanting to be Amber when I grow up. I also want to be Kimmy do when I grow up. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, if I was her at 16, I would just be like a billionaire today. Um, she's she's <laughs> awesome. So I always get pumped up whenever, every time. So cool. Going. Yeah. So cool. Um, I just say real quick, I mean, you, you just need people to test it. You know, like that, that's the main thing. It's like VSL or long form sales page or webinar, whatever it is, like it needs to convert point period to the end. You know, everybody always like talks to me like, what's the secret? It's like the secret is a high converting offer point period to the end. I'm not a salmon. I don't enjoy swimming upstream. What I mean by that, I don't like it when things are really super freaking hard, right? For me to book as an affiliate, you know, person, right? Like the better the offer, the more people are going to come to you. Like when research first came out, like, you know, they had test partners because it's the four of them, right? And they're so well known and they have all this stuff. But then once it started converting well, they had everybody coming to them. So if it's a VSL, you know, it's just another like entry point to an offer, right? So I think the main thing is like get traffic booked. And what if you're new to the space or you don't have collateral, which is like a big email list to work off of, which many people do not when they first start, you need to do a few things. One, you need to get really connected into the community. So joining, you know, a group like this, which is so incredibly valuable and plugging yourself in because that's going to shortcut you to having test partners and having people be willing to open up their Rolodex. Oh, joining a tribe like mine, like traffic tribe, right? Like where you have the ability to come in and meet people. You need to build your network first. And then two, you need to test you know, and, and be smart about where you're testing, really look at who your test partners are. If you have, you know, a female pelvic floor offer, why are you saying yes to test traffic from a male ED offer? Like, it just, it doesn't make any sense, right? Right, you really need to get like the right kind of test partners in there, set the expectations. And then also, you know, one thing that I, I, I'm just gonna tell you, I despise, and I'm just gonna publicly say it right now, I don't understand why people spend so much money on tech, on dev, on design, on copy, on the product itself, and then they're not willing to spend a little bit of extra money prepaying for a test. What the hell, dude? Like, why are you not doing that? Why are you not putting money aside for testing? Because you think just because you have a relationship, they should risk, you know, their business and their revenue and their email revenue to mail for you because you're homies. Like, no, some people will do that because they're kind. 
And some people will do that for you based on the relationship. Some people will even do it for you all day long on a small segment of their list. And that's what they're willing to give up, but put some money behind testing because that is taking the risk completely off of those people and putting some of it on your shoulders. Like when you're planning out your new offers, set aside a little bit of money. And I would have that conversation as copywriters with your, with your, you know, the people that you're working with is like, Hey, like we really need to get data. We need to get data faster on how this thing is performing. If you wait in line for a, you know, if you wait in line for calendar space, how long are we going to be waiting for and how much data are we really going to be getting? If I prepay for it and get the whole list, I can split test different things. You know, I can do a bunch of stuff, but if I'm just waiting in line for a queue with no connections, guess what? Bottom of the list, right? They don't know you yeah. bottom of the list, right? If you're, you don't have a track record of success, if, bottom of the list. You know what I mean? Like you just, if you want to get data and you want to get at bats, get your, build your relationships and have the conversations and set aside the test money. No, I don't mean ads. I mean like yeah. buying like email traffic. So yeah. I'm talking, I'm about, I'm an email traffic, you know, baby boo. I, I think email traffic's where it's at. Um, I'm not really talking about social traffic or, you know, paid ads. I'm talking about straight up email traffic, like set aside some money to, you know, do paid drops on email. 100%. Kimmy, is that, is that helpful? Yeah, super helpful. Thank you so much. I got a lot of good notes. Awesome. awesome. Hey, Kim, Kimmy, I heard that you had a, you may have, may have landed a pretty, pretty big client. Is that official yet? Yeah. It is? Nice. Yeah. So I want to, I want to talk about it. Can I talk about it? Should I not talk about it? I don't know. Um, he told me, he was messaging me. He's like, I went with Kimmy do. And I was like, all right. Um, I'm gonna tell it. You don't have to tell it. If he gets mad, it's mad at me. Okay. He won't blame you. Um, Jay, like Jay DeBolt from uh, credit secrets was trying to hire a copywriter who he could like put on retainer and like mentor and all of that. And like all of these people like applied. I mean, seriously, he only opened it to copy accelerator members full and light, but out of that, a bunch of members of copy accelerator applied, but out of all those people, uh, he chose Kimmy do, um, and like a 50 million plus company. And he was like, that girl's badass. Like she did this, like her samples were crazy. She was doing this. She was doing that. He was just so impressed with Kimmy. So, um, he messaged me all excited about it and, and everything. And, um, so Kimmy, congratulations on that. It's a super exciting opportunity. Amazing. amazing. So much stuff. And like all of this would not be possible without like the amazing communities he built. Like I'm feeling super grateful right now. Like I'm like, like <laughs> I'm out of the roof. Like, I'm literally shaking. Like this is incredible. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's awesome. You deserve it though. You're, you're so talented and smart and just so excited for you and, and to see uh, things continue to go awesomely for you. So, so great work. So cool. That is so cool. Congratulations. Thank awesome. you so much. Amber. That's a huge compliment. It's huge. Awesome. Cool. Thank you, Kimmy. Um, hey, let's keep going. Let's keep rocking. Let's be a savage man. Dude, she already is a savage. Already a savage. Already yeah. a savage. savage. Like, savage. Can't even imagine when she's as old as me, you know? I know, she's an, an ancient 20 like Ed Ray. <laughs> All right, so a question here from Gregory. Gregory asked for Amber, best strategies for getting affiliates to promote your offer? Probably goes a yes. little bit similar to what you just said, right? But, well, Greg, yeah. let's go ahead and you want to provide a little context, then, Greg? Um. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm relatively new to all this, and um, but we, I'm working with a, a company, and they're uh, about to launch an offer in the back pain space, So we don't know anything about getting affiliates on board. Gotcha. Yes. 
So definitely, um, I would encourage anybody who doesn't know much about affiliates to not just outsource your knowledge. What I mean by that is don't just hire an affiliate manager because you don't know how to run them or what the expectations are or what affiliates care about. So um, you don't have to you know, join my thing, but I have Traffic Tribe. It will teach you all the basics and it will plug you directly into my network. There's 147 affiliate managers or offer owners in that, in that primarily health, wealth, financial, and PD. We do have some education um, in there too. It's growing every single month. So I'd say plug yourself into an existing network like mine or plug yourself into Stefan's group because this group is full of people that can, you know, book for you too, do but both. still learn the foundations. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, dude, it's, it's $397 a month, like for mine. Like, will you link, will you, when you have a like, second, will you link traffic yeah, tribe? In yeah. The chat? I'll, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll drop it in here, but like, you know, join my traffic tribe, put your affiliate manager in my traffic tribe. There's so many experienced affiliate managers in there because the most important thing is to be seeing each other every single you know month with regularity and setting up deals. So educate yourself as an owner. You really need to know what's going on. And you also, when I mean educate yourself, I, I don't mean just like the, the the technical part of it, which is, you know, what happens, you know, uh, or, or how much CPA that you can give, right? What the conversion rate is, making your offer better and all that stuff, but, but plugging into a network of people that are also different offer owners, you need to be peers with them. That's what you are, right? So really kind of networking and understanding like them and where they're going and like, you know, what offers they have. That's a big one. Because if you understand what offers they have and you understand how to play with your own offers with them and if it's a match or not, or if it's more of like a referral thing. So I would just say, you know, really educate yourself and don't just outsource your knowledge. It's one of the biggest issues that I see with most business owners are like, I'm too busy. I'm, I'm the creative. I'm the brains. I'm the person. I just want to, I just want to make products. That's all I want to do. I just want to make products and you know what? Fuck the rest. Have everybody else do it. And then what I see is massive toner turnover all the time with their affiliate managers. Cause they don't know how to run them. They don't know how to motivate them. They don't know how to keep them. You know, they're, they're just like a constant revolving door. And then, you know, years later they come back and like, man, if I had just known these few things, like it would have been different for me and I could have had a, a, a great, you know, uh, recurring revenue source, which I like to call it boomerang money, like, right? Like boomerang money to me is affiliate money. Cause it's like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I take my, my list or my offer. I send it to you. You promote it. You make money. I do the same thing. Then I catch your boomerang and you're just like doing this over and over and over again with your partners and it can be done. But as the owner, you need to know all those people because your affiliate manager is likely going to change. They're going to be bouncing around from place to place. And that's not a bad thing because every time they bounce from place to place, they meet new people and they just keep adding it to their network. But like, you're really understanding here, like what, what are you doing and what are the potentials here and how do you navigate that? Get test trap, you know, get money for a test budget. I heard, I saw someone ask how much they set aside for a test budget as much as you can afford. Yeah. <laughs> as much as you can afford, right? I would say a minimum put aside $2,000 minimum for some testing. I would like to see 10,000 because then you can get lists like, you know, Mike Geary's and, you know, Ryan Saplin and some of these other guys who really give you volume because that's what you're really looking for. You know, I see so many offers just dead in the water. They're just sitting there because they can't get anybody to promote them. And their big thing is like, well, I paid all this money to be in a network and no one's promoting me. It's like, yeah, but you also don't know how to ask. <laughs> like you, <laughs> you don't know how to ask. You don't know how to follow up. You, you don't have anyone following up. Like you're all salty sitting there upset with me because you're in my, you know, cohort. Like, you know, I see the same thing in every group that we're in. We see people pay 25 grand to be in, you know, Joe Paulus's genius network or 40 to be in war room. And they expect just because they paid and they showed up that money's going to fall and slap them all over the face. No, it's the same thing. You have to do the follow-up and you have to be persistent and you have to be patient. You have to put in the work and you have to set aside the money. You have to pay to play sometimes. And that's just how it is. You pay to get inside the door. The rest is up to you, right? 
And I really think that that's something that I see all the time in, in these businesses is people are just like, well, now that I'm here, everyone do me a favor and mail for me and promote me. No, 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 no. You still have to learn what you're doing. You still have to, you know, do all the, the additional steps to make it work. Just like in copy, right? Just because you're in affiliate seller doesn't mean that you're going to like magically thought produce a, an award-winning VSL, right? You're, just, you're not. You have to do the work. You have to do the research. You have to do the writing. You have to, you know, have people review it, all that stuff. Yeah. That's great. Greg, does that help? Oh my God, that's so helpful. <laughs> cool. I mean, Traffic Tribe, I didn't even know that existed. So, and so, um, yeah, I, we, <laughs> yeah, very, very helpful. Um, it's expanding my vision of business exponentially in the last hour and a half. Amazing. Thank you so much. Of course, my pleasure. My pleasure. And honestly, the, I love to help. Like, you know, I really do. Like, this is, this is my passion is helping people get better. And, you know, you guys help me get better. And, um, you know, I wanted during COVID, this is a switch that we made. You know, when I talked about retiring my agency, like we have retired it, um, meaning that you can't hire us anymore to be your affiliate team, unless we're a partner of yours, unless actually we're an equity partner with you, like we are with Brad Howard our team is no longer available for hire. We finished it with this last launch with um, Agora. And why? Well, because I'm making a lot more money running my own offers. And I wanna build my own business, my own email list, my own revenue that way. However, I'm not gonna walk away from my passion, which is elevating this space as much as possible, having the tough conversations, getting better as a group. Like I love our affiliate manager community. Like we all have big hearts, we really care. But a lot of us still need more training, you know, just like in Copy Accelerator, you guys are getting trained every day by the best, like in order for affiliate managers to get better, they need to have training, they need to have support, right, which is why we built this. So we're going to keep growing the consulting and training side of our business. And I'm never going to retire that because I'm never going to get tired of helping and serving and getting excited about people winning. So for the first time ever, you know, you can work with me and my team for $397 a month. In the past, it was a minimum of $6,000 up to $25,000 a month. You know, people pay it because we do really good work and we bring a lot of money. But like, you know, the, the, the point of me being your sales team for you or my team being your sales team for you is over now because client work is, can be very difficult. And once I have, you know, once I'm making enough money over here, you know, with our own offers, now I can teach and I can just come from that space of, of, of having that distance and really not needing them. I don't need the money anymore. I don't need the client work anymore. So this is why you can see me getting just really honest and open about what's really going on and being able to serve in a different way. But, you know, so it's, it's just something that I hope that everyone kind of thinks about is like, you know, don't outsource your knowledge, right? Don't stop learning because if you're a copywriter, you need to keep learning about copy. If you're a business owner, you need to keep learning about the different parts of your, of your business and not just farm it out. You know, in 2018, I paid $122,000 to vendors. Not only did it, did I make no money from that? Cause I kept, kept, kept trying to outsource my voice and kept trying to outsource all these different things. Not only did I not make money from that, it cost me so much money and time because I had to learn. Guess what? I still need to learn these parts of my business. I can't outsource it. I need to know enough to lead. And that's the same thing with things like Traffic Tribe and, you know, continuing to invest into your team to get better, right? Don't just like hire these affiliate managers and not invest anymore in, in the success and don't just outsource your knowledge, meaning like you don't know anything about it. And so you're always going to be at the whim of what everybody else tells you about affiliate marketing. Yeah, that's awesome. God, Amber, oh, just oh. 
<laughs> I can totally see why Stefan and Amber are on this call together. <laughs> you, both, like you both have that vibe of totally giving and you certainly helped me personally. Thank you. Awesome. Oh, my pleasure. That's it's the greatest blessing for me. That's amazing. Um, and I know we've got a few minutes left and I know Ed, you're going to be kind of out in a minute, but you want to get us set up with one more, uh, question before you bounce that. And then maybe after that, we'll do a couple rapid fire ones. Um, got a great question here from Mr. John Caprani. John asks, if I'm already writing email copy for a retainer client and I see a hot offer in the market, I think their list would like, are they going to be open to me creating custom affiliate swipes to mail for that offer on a performance basis? John, what's up, buddy? Let me caught John unawares. He's muted. The fire. I see the flame. No, he's at the gym. He's at the gym. Yeah. Still out here. All right, we can rapid answer that one. Then that's cool. So um, let me look at it again here. Um, I mean, I think, well, I think the short answer is that they'd be open to it. I mean, it depends on the, the client, right? I mean, just really, but there's no harm in bringing it to them and being like, hey, you know, like I see this offer. I think your list would like it. Can I, you know, I can help you make some money and whatever, like maybe, um, come in on it. Like I, I you know, it just depends on the offer owner and what their priority is. That's what I would say. I'm not sure if you agree, Amber, if you have anything to add to that. No. no you're, yeah. You're the boss there. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. No, I'm, but I will say it like, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> I do the of same course. thing. I do it to yeah, Justin all the time. Yeah, I'm like, no, yeah. but here's some things. Yeah. Yeah. No, but here, yeah. Um, always customize your swipe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like always, you know, the, I think it's, it's lazy. Like, of course you want to like model off of the thing that's performing the best. So first and foremost, you want to ask people, you know, what email swipe copy is converting the best, of course. And, but then model it and kind of change it into your voice because um, it's going to have, you know, obviously just much better results in general. And especially around launches or contests, like, you know, it doesn't make any sense for everybody to grab the same email swipe copy, load it in their systems and everyone promote it all at once in a very short amount of time. I think that's one of the reasons why we ruin our deliverability and have so many issues with it. So one of them, right? So definitely customize the copy. Um, I don't know about, you know, someone came to me and were like, hey, I noticed that your, you know, your keto resource swipes were fatigued. Like, you know, I can do, like, here's a sample that I just wrote for you. I'd be a lot better than we get these people all the time hitting us up. Hey, like, you know, I can write for, you know, swipe through for, you know, $4,000. And I'm like, okay. Like, you know, I'd rather have, like, I'd rather have you show me like something that you can do for me and then say, Hey, if you want this, you know, here's how much it is. I'd be like, okay, that's a little bit different. Right. Like that would be better for, for us just as someone on the other side of it. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, I know Ed's going to take off. Uh, we'll take maybe five minutes and do some rapid answers and stuff like that, if that works. Um, oh, he just, I was going to tell Ed, let him say goodbye, but he just disappeared. Um, bye. Bye. <laughs> just like that. He was gone. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick a couple. Of, uh, so, you know, um, Tim asked a quick one. Tim, Tim, no one said, how do you balance? Don't reinvent the wheel with stand out and be different. I, you know, I talk about this from a copy perspective, so I'll, I'll tackle that one real quick. Um, I think that when I say don't reinvent the wheel, it means like there's a structure that's like, you know, common to all of these successful offers or all the successful copy. And it's like, if you look at a bunch of like ClickBank weight loss supplement offers and they're all doing the same thing, then like you should follow that same structure. You know, how you're different is you find a more unique story or you find, um, 
you know, a different aspect. I mean, I think you can still have differentiators in there, like with, you know, health supplements. Um, and like my first supplement company being like Christian, like supplements, I basically found a way to like tie in these ingredients, to like the Bible and biblical ingredients. So it's like, I was targeting the same things that all these other people were, uh, you know, already like there's plenty of blood sugar supplements out there, but I'm like, well, why aren't we doing a biblical twist? Like cinnamon's all over the Bible. Cinnamon's amazing at helping to like manage healthy blood sugar. Like let's bring those two together. Like frankincense and myrrh both have all these incredible mm-hmm. health benefits. I'm like, why don't we just, so, you know, but then the copy was not like a guy created a new type of copy that nobody had ever seen before. It was like a standard VSL, but my story was different. And I think that's the biggest way to, uh, kind of succeed there. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just put uh, that one is answered and then done. There you go. Okay. Gurleen said, Stefan, you do a lot, a lot. How do you even remember every little thing that goes on? Have you ever forgotten a project is going on? This question goes out to both Amber and Ed as well. Well, Ed is gone. Um, but Amber, have you ever forgotten that a project is going on? Um, not a project. I don't forget that a project is going on. I have high anxiety, so I don't, I don't ever forget about a project. Um, but I will say that we've taken on too much, you know, as a company. It's one of the reasons why, you know, we've just been chopping and downsizing, um, you know, and I felt the need to do that for a long time. And then I lost someone really close to me last year to suicide. And it just like changed my perspective on everything. And I just stopped, you know, taking on so much. And what I realized is, um, you know, saying no is such a powerful tool. If it's not a resounding hell yes for me, and I don't really feel excited about the project, I'm just doing it for money. Like that's how I started doing stuff. And that's okay. If you're in that spot, like yeah. you need to do that. You have to, there's a shortcutting that, right. It's great to like get an experience, but like when you have a ton of stuff going on, I think the main thing is, you know, getting really honest with yourself about what you can do and what you can do well right? And, and sorting that out and time managing it, however it works for you. But also, um, you know, giving yourself some grace and space, like you can always renegotiate stuff. That's one thing that I don't hear a lot of people talking about is the ability to renegotiate what you've agreed to. I think the instinct is when you say yes to something, you have to keep it to that exact thing, exact frame. And that's not necessarily true. People are much more open. And I'm saying this because I'm doing it with experience. People are much more open to to hearing, hey, you know what? I, when I said yes to this project, you know, I this my situation was different. Here's the new thing, and here's when I expect to like have it done. And you know, is that like okay? If it's not, like you know, what else can we do to make you whole? Just kind of renegotiating your agreements um, is also something that you can do. And I don't recommend it all the time because you do it enough times, you use an excuse. You're gonna break a ton of trust and ruin and wreck your reputation, which is gonna take a very long time to do. But, you know, this is something that you can do with honesty and, and clarity. And I'll tell you, like, taking on too much is, is not great if you're not good at time management and if you're not established. You can take on more stuff when you're more established, yeah. really. Like, Stefan, like, I mean, you have ownership in all these different companies, but you are established. You have been the CEO of multiple companies. You, you have a rhythm and a flow. You're, and, and, it's, and it's also like the idea of, of balance is kind of bullshit, right? Because you're not spending in a 24-hour period 4.5 hours on Copy Accelerator, 2.2 hours with you know, Cody. You're, you're balancing it all out in like a harmonious way, yeah. right? So you're like right now, Copy Accelerator is next week. I bet a big bulk of your efforts right now this week are on Copy Accelerator, right? Yeah. Like, and just knowing how to kind of navigate that flow, right? And your personal life too. 
So that's a long way of, of saying, you know, just kind of kind of looking at, you know, like, do you need to take on that much? Yeah. And, I mean, or go ahead. Sorry, Amber. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, I mean, and I think, you know, Justin, and I talked about this a little bit yesterday, we did a kind of like an open call. And um, yeah, I still struggle with that sometimes of looking and being like, have I taken on too much? Are there certain things that I need to pull back on? Or sometimes there's things where even though I have a lot going on, I will kind of neglect certain things and, but it's kind of intentional, right? It's not like I'm not being haphazard. I'm like, this is just not that important right now. So I'd love to work on this too, but I can't. So it's like, I'll come back to that when I have the time, you know, going back to like, yeah, with the copy accelerator event next week and all kinds of stuff going on, we just got like this really famous comedian for the VIP dinner for our full copy accelerator members. And like, they were doing this other things and, and we're, all this stuff going on. Right. And, um, and I'm, I'm scram, you know, we're working on all kinds of how do we make this the best event, you know, virtual event that's ever been put on. And so even things like being interactive in Facebook groups, I'd like to be more interactive um, with people tagging me and Justin and stuff and talk copy. I'm trying to read the post, but it's like, I just don't have the time to go in and comment and engage right now. And, and I'm okay with that. Um, and then the other thing I do now at this stage of my, my life or career is like, I'm trying to look at things as, you know, where I can be like the investor, right? So like, for example, um, I do want to create a whole company around freelancing. Um, but I'm like, I mar I mapped out the whole kind of architecture for that. And I shared it with like key people on my team. But I was like, I want, I want to be clear about this. Like I can't write the copy for it. I can't make a lot of the decisions for it. I'm like, here's like the game plan. We need to get the right people in place. And like, I'm want to treat this like I am the investor in this company and not like the CEO. And so as you go through time, you can kind of you know, differentiate those things. And I have the money and the capital to be able to do that because of like, you know, gain to where I've gotten. I wasn't able to do that earlier in my career. So that then enables me to do more things because I can look at it as the investor instead of as the CEO. Um, when you're trying to be like the CEO of five companies or 10 companies, like that never works. I mean, you know, there's like Elon Musk kind of does it, I guess, you know, a little bit and like, um, but there's very few people who can pull that off. So I think focus is, is a powerful thing early on. And then, um, yeah, over time you can kind of branch out a little bit more. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, Hey, I wish we could answer more questions, but we cannot because we're up to, uh, 1133, my time. Uh, Amber, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and, and join. It was so good. My pleasure. Dude. Thank you so much for having me. It's epic. Um, as always, anything to do with you and thank you for, uh, asking me to speak next week. I, I take it as a, a tremendous honor because that's what it is. And, and I was joking about, uh, you in my email this morning saying that you have a cult happening with copy accelerator um but you know all jokes aside um you know it, it it is an honor to be inside of copy accelerator for anybody who is a member um and it's an honor to present um it's such a high quality group of super beautiful super smart super kind hardworking people the best and the brightest in the space so i appreciate you having me in front of the group today and just really excited to present next week awesome yeah no i'm so excited and Check out uh, Traffic Tribe. I'll put that in the YouTube description and show notes and that's in the Facebook Live of this. Um, I know some people asked how they get on your email list, Amber. I don't know if that's cool. from your website as well or what the yeah, best way I'll, to do uh, this. Yeah, I can shoot it over to you for the show notes if they want to get yeah, on my email. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah, you should do that for sure. Um, and yeah, for everyone, a lot, of, a lot of people on this call will be at the event next week. So Yay. looking forward to seeing everybody. And um, but yeah, Amber, thank you so much. Well, and I'll, I'm going to hit you up about this, this dinner with uh, Kutasi. I'll text that. I'll do, do a text, group text or something. Maybe it's the best way to do it. Perfect. I love that. All right. Awesome. awesome. Thank you, Amber. Thank you. Bye. Bye, guys. All right. That's just about it for today. 
Before we finish though, let me share a little bit more about how you can stay in touch with me. I have a private email list where I share high level tricks, strategies, and insights about copywriting, entrepreneurship, mindset, and more. In fact, often my podcasts are based on topics I first emailed out to my list weeks or even months earlier. So if you want to get brand new stuff from me every single day, go to stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. These emails are often upwards of a thousand words and I send them every day. So make sure you really can commit to engaging with me on that level. But as long as you can, and you should, because I do drop a ton of value in these emails, go apply to join my list today. And again, the web address is stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. And in case you don't know how to spell my name, which is okay, it is S-T-E-F-A-N, Paul, and then my last name is Georgi, G-E-O-R-G-I.com. So stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe, and I will see you in my email list.